On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to talk about lessons from failure. We're going to give you real life tips you can use today to overcome any issues you have with failure. We're going to talk with Nicole Winkler of Lift Your Future about what the science says. That's next. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business. Welcome to Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that matter to the real estate property management industry. I'm your host, Jeremy Aspen, and this is my spouse, Gwen Aspen. Uh, on this podcast today, we're going to talk about what we've learned from failure. Uh, Gwen's going to share a little story she had where she uh, uh, very publicly lost a political campaign. It was embarrassing for all of us. It wasn't embarrassing for all. Uh, but she's also going to tell a story about how she recovered from it. Uh, and later on in the show, we're going to talk to Nicole Winkler. She is a life coach uh, for our company Lift Your Future, uh, an executive coach, and uh, with a background as a therapist. So Nicole can talk about how professionals can best re um, <clears throat> recover from failure and what the research shows on how to frame it so that we can move on from it. Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. Anaquim helps companies with all of their labor needs. Go to anaquim.net today and set up a discovery call. Right now, if you mention the Bootstrapper show, you can get 50% off of your placement fee. So I just mentioned it a little bit ago about Gwen's public failure, and it's not something that we generally talk about with uh, even our friends or much less on a podcast where a bunch of people are going to hear about it. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about today. Gwen's going to talk about that little story. Why don't you yeah, let us know a little bit so, about it. So first of all, the reason I don't talk about it is because like I never think about it. Like I'm so over it. So I guess I should tell the story. In 2014, I was a stay-at-home mom. Well, in 2013, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I got the harebrained idea that I should run for state legislature for the state of Nebraska. And uh, I raised a ton of money from our family and friends. Basically, if you're not familiar with politics, it's basically a fundraising role for right. the first 18 months when you get started. Um, so basically what you do is you go and you ask everyone you know for money, you go door to door and get doors shut in your face, and then you give speeches, and that's that's what you do as a candidate. You give speeches to the same group of people <laughs> all the time. The mayors show well, up. Well, there are the sometimes different stuff. people, but yeah, it, sometimes yeah, yeah so, and they're, they're attraction. I mean, they get people there, and actually, it is a it is a fundraising endeavor. And that campaign ended up being, at the time, the most expensive campaign in Nebraska's history. It was, for legislature, for it was. Legislature. We raised, um, over the course of the campaign, $124,000. And he got like And so the way that it worked is, um, I mean, I busted, I busted my butt. Um, and the primary was just me and the one competitor. And, then, and I won. And I was an underdog because he was an incumbent. Um, and that was like crazy fun to win that primary. But then a lot of money came in against me because he was uh, he was well connected and well, lobbyists lobbyist love him. Yeah. And oh, he was yeah. an incumbent. So he actually raised three times that amount and killed me, like demolished mm. me in the general. It felt that way. Yeah, it was not. It was like a four <laughs> percent. He won by four or five percent, something like that. Uh, and then, uh, but you know, I felt so bad because a lot of people believed in the campaign, 
I ran, the reason I ran is because I was obsessed with all kids getting a great education. And that's really what fueled my desire to win. Um, I also wanted uh, the people, the hardworking, like blue collar people, those were my people. And I wanted to make sure that government stood by them and, you know, taxes were reasonable for working class people. And those were the things that fueled my campaign. I would say that when you run, sometimes you have to focus on issues that are not important to you um, because they're important to other people. And in some cases, I'm not super proud of those issues that weren't core to to my reason for running and how that how we address those in the campaign. I do feel like I kind of lost myself to some degree. Um, and then when I lost the campaign, I felt like, well, I kind of lost my soul in this. I'm not really proud of that. Uh, and the benefit that came from that is that I've, I'm very values-based in my business now because I went through that experience of having an environmental impact on my on like who I am. Um, but that made the loss harder too because I didn't think that I was capable of like losing who I was in the moment of a of an event. And so when I lost, it felt more than just losing a campaign. It felt like like a like a true personal loss and it was devastating it was like it was like death and it was like two years of my life I had spent on this campaign um and so I do want to just talk about the the things that I learned I mean do you have anything else you want to say about it because I mean it really impacted you and the family as well well only in that I you know I was obviously now married to a failure (laughs) and I'm just kidding (laughs) no I actually never really saw it as that much of a failure because when you when we ran into that, we knew that it was an incumbent. We knew that he was popular with the lobbyists and he was going to be able to ratchet up his budget pretty easily. Um, and for me, it just seemed like you had just you were just off the heels of being a mom for many years and just kind of needed to do something to uh, get back into things. So in that you did it, I saw it. I saw that as success. It was just like trying. Just trying, just doing something else. Because a lot of women, when they're in that phase, I think they have to make a decision about whether they're going to stay at home and be the home caretaker or if they're going to go into the professional realm again. And so this was kind of your soiree back into kind of testing those waters. And so I even even the loss, it, it, it did hurt a little bit, but not it didn't really hurt that much. I, I it hurt mostly just watching you hurt because you were definitely taking it differently than I did. Um, but it was overall, I thought it was a great experience. Like even where you had to give up some of who you were in order to um, run, like have any viable chance at all. You know, that's one thing that we learned. And even in our writings today or in our political activity today, we do offer some grace to politicians because you literally have to not be who you are during especially primary campaigns. You can't be. And you have your primary issues and then you have your secondary issues where you kind of have to acquiesce to the political environment. Those secondary issues are primary issues for other people. Um, And so you have to decide, is this the hill I want to die on? Um, 
I do think, though, that there's more, I think, people in politics act like it has to be a certain way. This is just how it is, and that's how they rationalize poor behavior. I think that that's not exactly true. Um, and that's not really the point of this show, but it, it was, it just added to the devastation when I lost it. It was a public failure, you know? So, and people hated me. Like I got hate mail, like you wouldn't believe. And I also had public, um, or mailings against me. This is kind of before Facebook was a big deal, but the mailing said that I was against mammograms. That was hilarious. Yeah. And I got like, I was a bobblehead in another one. So there was just being publicly humiliated and then publicly losing and then dealing with the aftermath of people being like, F you, you know, and I don't know. So and that was good back then. Nowadays it's it worse. Was now there's death threats, dipshit. The three things I learned from that experience. One is give yourself time to mourn. So after I lost, it was like a November 14th election or whatever. I gave myself to the end of the year. It was Christmas with a family. So January 1st, I was like, you, you got to snap out of this. The second thing is, Jeremy, you really helped me with this. I was devastated. And you, you were like, why don't you try a job that you know you can win at? So I became a leasing agent for like a swanky apartment building. Uh, help them with their construction. Um, and it wasn't my ideal job. It wasn't where I wanted to go with my career, but you were like, just do something to focus on and you'll figure it out as you go. You'll build your confidence. You'll be okay. And I'm grateful for that. And then the third thing is that I did not allow myself to go down that uh, spiral of negative self-talk where you're like, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Like, mm -hmm. every day of every minute, uh, whatever I would go down the rabbit hole, I would, as soon as I recognized it, reframe and move forward in a positive light because that doesn't help anyone and you're not going to be able to contribute if you're just negative Nancy about yourself. So those were the three ways that I did it. And I think maybe this is a good time to bring in Nicole. What do you think, Jeremy? Anytime's a good time to bring in Nicole. <laughs> So hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. So I know you work with professionals on their careers all the time mm -hmm. and failures, big and small, are part of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So what is the advice you give entrepreneurs when maybe they have a divorce, maybe they um, their business is failing and they need to do something else? I don't know. Just no, I mean, not everybody runs for office, but on the, the failures that you deal with in your office. Sure, sure. So, you know, there's really this notion of a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Mm. And so I really try to focus on the growth mindset because you can grow through this. You can grow from it. You're not the same person you were before the election, before you ran for office. You're a better version of yourself now because you use that as an opportunity to really, who am I? Who did I become? Who do I want to be now? And so to grow into who you are now, and I've had the privilege of knowing you since you ran for office, so I've seen that. And oh, that's true. Yes, yeah, so, true. you know, and I remember even talking to you during that time, and I didn't know at the time that that's how you felt, and I was actually so happy you asked me to be on today when you were gonna share this, very publicly share this with people, because, you know, you looked like so strong, and you had everything together, and, you know, come to find out, you're like, no, that was devastating for me. That was really, really hard. And I think that's important for people to hear about because we've all been through hard things and we all can overcome them. Now with a fixed mindset, it would be, okay, 
I can't do that. I'm just going to stay home, even though that doesn't necessarily fulfill me. And I know that now I'm just going to stay home with my kids. This is what I know. But I think it lit a spark in you as well for you to realize I do want something. I want to obviously be a mom and love my kids and be with them, but I want something more than that too. And so it's like, how do I grow into that person? How do I become that person? So I work with people on, all right, growth mindset. We can't be stuck in catastrophizing. Mm -hmm. Everything is not the biggest deal end of the world thing. Yes, you may have anxiety about the separating from your spouse after so many years. And wait, what? And being not you guys, <laughs> not you guys, but you know other but people like that I've example. worked with. Yes, like a like there are public divorces, and it is the shame and the regret and the anxiety about even moving forward with it. Because what does this mean for me? Not only me and my children, but my company or the people I work with or friends. Like, what are people going to think about me? And that is like, what do I think about myself? And I think it's harder for entrepreneurs too, because when it is public, and we've all seen these where um, maybe you know someone got divorced and you go on the internet and you see like all the icky details of that divorce mm-hmm. and they're on the internet forever. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of where there's a special shame if you're an entrepreneur, or if you're a person in your community, Um, So how do you advise people to overcome when it's really, it's out there? And if anyone Googles you, like my loss is on the internet. Mm -hmm. If you Google Gwen Aspen, you're going to see Mm -hmm. elements of that. Even today, even all these years later, even though I'm doing something totally different. Mm -hmm. So how do you advise people to manage those those online documents? Well, you have to believe everything you read on the internet. (laughs) It's all true. (laughs) Right, like that's a great start though. Like. How many things are out there that are just completely untrue? Mm-hmm. And it's like fact or fiction. And I think that that really you have to focus on building your own self-confidence mm-hmm. and your own self-worth about it. Do I know who I am? Because if I don't know who I am and I'm not willing to figure out who I am, I'm going to get lost in those comments. Mm-hmm. And now nowadays with social media and the way that that is, if I spend time like, oh, those people are defining who I am. Mm-hmm. But who am I? Like, I'm not defined by people's perception of me as much as I am defined by my perception of me. So that takes going deep because after you do fail, and like in my case, I did lose who I was in that campaign Mm -hmm. to some extent, or I'm just not proud of like every element of the campaign. Um, So you have to kind of regroup. And I don't know, Jeremy, if you've ever done that in your life where you had to kind of like decide, okay, this is who I am, despite what other people think. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I like that 18, 1840, 60 rule where, you know, when you're 18, you think that everybody, you, everybody, um, you care what everybody thinks about you. When you're 40, you, you don't care what anybody thinks about you. When you're, when you're 60, you realize nobody's thinking about you. <laughs> yes. you know? And so yes. I just kind of move forward with my life, you know, I don't really look for other people to approve or disapprove much. I mean, we all have that tendency a little bit, but I want to, I have a, I, I was just during this whole thing, I was thinking like, I think of success maybe a little bit differently than you do or failure, depending on which direction you're looking at it. But I see success as a failure of ever, or, or as a series of ever depleting failures. So you, when you start something, you're just going to fail all the time. And little by little, mm-hmm. the failures kind of get smaller and smaller. Um, but something I'm pretty good at, which I think is why I can kind of go through that process, is I'm also really good at forgiving people. And I think forgiving myself. So once there's something that doesn't work, I'm like, mm, okay, move on. 
whether it's someone else does some injustice to me, perceived injustice, real injustice, or I just don't meet my own expectations. I'm like, hmm. And then I kind of forget about it. That might be because well, I'm a simpleton. <laughs> well, I think you have a lot of, too. so Jeremy used to have a radio show and I'm going to- Oh, this again. <laughs> well, not every show was great. <laughs> No, it wasn't. No. There were some shows where I was like listening and I I love you. Well, you know this. Before I tell this story, we have to clarify. I I do love Jeremy. <laughs> there were but. some shows that were literally awful. They were so bad. And I was always think like someone was gonna come up to us and be like, Wow, that is <laughs> really bad. And no one ever did it. And so that kind of made me realize that no one's thinking about you. Mm-hmm. So yes, if someone's Googling me because they want to do business with me, they're going to, they're going to see that I ran for office. They're going to see a failure or two, but it's not like I murdered anybody, right? Okay, but you also have a different business now. I have and a different business. That made space, like that failure created the opportunity and made space for what you did next. Exactly. Failures open doors. They, and- they bring about opportunity. Now, obviously they bring up our insecurities. That's where I come in. Okay, let's address the insecurities so we don't stay stuck in this, right? Mm-hmm. I love your time frame about things too. You have to have a time. Okay, you have a grieving process. You have to allow yourself to grieve. And feel all the feelings you would say too, and right? And feel everything. Yes, let's do that. But we're not going to sit in that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to sit in that. We're going to use that to identify it, be honest with yourself, and then grow. Let's build those blocks back up because we'll grow. We can build a bigger tower or bigger bigger dreams or whatever that might be for you. And so um, I think that's really important. And I always go back to this too. We didn't start trying to walk as babies and like, oh, it didn't work. (laughs) So I'm not going to walk. Right? Right. No, no, no. How many times do kids fall down? How many times do they hurt themselves? How many times like physical pain, embarrassment, emotional pain, like they run and they fall and they trip. I mean, it's so cute for us to see, but like as a baby, we don't think I'm not going to walk. Yeah. No, I'm we get back that. up. Yeah, yeah, like we get back up. We get back up again and again and again, no matter, no matter how many times people laugh at us or, you know, because as a baby, you're like, why are people laughing at me? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and kind of interpret that. We think it's cute, but they don't know that, like their perception. I, my daughter was probably two and fell down and we laughed because it was cute. And she was so embarrassed and she ran into her room and shut her door, mm. but she got back up. Mm-hmm. Like she got back up. Yeah, And so I think we need to remember that as adults and, and embrace that. Like, okay, I fell down. Mm-hmm. How am I going to get back up? And the skills you learn. So mm-hmm. um, like I learned public speaking. I learned um, how to like get, I mean, people would say the worst things to me, slam their door in my face. And I had to take a deep breath and go straight to the next door, mm-hmm. which is great. That's like cold calling or anything else. And so I learned resilience through that. I I learned how to be a more values-based person. I learned how to have compassion for other groups. I learned, um, because there's a lot of listening in a campaign, so I learned how to listen to people that have no background like mine um, and value their experiences even more and learn from everyone of every walk of life. I learned so much through that campaign. Mm -hmm. And then when I was reframing to get back on my feet, I focused on those personal growth elements instead of the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so that's helpful too. Yes. What is this trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. What lesson can I take with this? And then I'm also a huge believer in sharing that lesson with other people because we are 
by nature not as vulnerable, I think, as we should be. And vulnerability is when we connect to people and when people really see us for who we are. Like, oh my gosh, I would have never guessed that mm-hmm. you went through that. Well, yeah, I did. And this is how I came out. And I learned, this is what I learned along the way to help speed up other people's recovery time after a perceived failure. Well, and I think like there's always that shame involved with failure, Mm -hmm. but honestly, failure is a human experience. Like people think it, that failure separates you from others, but it's actually a commonality. Cause as you were Mm -hmm. saying, like we all fail every day, right? Like, oh, I spent too much time on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Or I didn't work out this morning and I haven't worked out for a week or yeah, it's Monday morning and I didn't work out. So I guess I'll start again next Monday. Oh, Uh, Like, right. why I ate not? too many donuts yes. this weekend. I mean, life I didn't is, follow my meal plan or I didn't follow my diet. I didn't or get I didn't... all my emails done. I mean, yes. how every day is full of little baby failures. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, today's a new day or this afternoon is a new time frame, And mm-hmm. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to conquer this afternoon. It's like, let's put a plan together and execute plan, execute, and you will continue to grow. And that's, I mean, that's what failures are part like. What are we in now? We're at the end of January. Yeah. Well, when this, I don't know when this is going to actually like 2022 post, but yeah. yeah, we're in 2022. How many people set New Year's Eve, or, you know, New Year's mm-hmm. resolutions and it's the end of January. I think it's like 85% of people have forgotten what they even set for the New Year's resolution mm-hmm. by now. Mm-hmm. And so are they, I mean, they're not working on it. It's like, well, I failed at it. You have 11 more months of 2022. Mm-hmm. Let's revisit those. Let's go back to that. You haven't failed. Yeah, actually. I would always, I'd be really frustrated with that um, advice if because back when I used to go work out at gyms, I would not go in January. Yes. But I would start in February <laughs> back again because they, they were so busy. So packed. Yeah. And then For February, like it's like, weeks. okay, 85%, more than that, like 90, they just don't go anymore. Mm-hmm. You're like, and it was reliable. Like February 1st, they already all failed and they're out. So yes. I'd go back to the gym and see all my friends and we'd have fun. Yes, but I'm like, okay, well, start again in February. Start again tonight. Start again tomorrow morning. Yeah, kind of like alcoholism too. It's like, oh, you fell off. I mean, and maybe this is going down a rat, a, a, a rabbit hole. But with alcohol, like if you fail, if like you drank a little bit and you're an alcoholic, you don't need to consider that as being the the end of your life. You just start again the next day. Absolutely. And it's really just information also. So I guess the other thing is that I realized I wasn't meant to be a politician, which mm-hmm. was the best thing for me because I meant to be an entrepreneur. We'd be, yeah, uh, that was the best thing that, that happened to us ever in hindsight. Was that I lost? Is that she lost. Because well, and that's what I was thinking when you were sharing the story was who would you be today? Had you won that election? And I do not enjoy this version of politics. I mean, oh, when I ran, God. I was friends with my opponent, even though the campaign got, both of our campaigns were dirty and mean and horrible. By those day standards. But by those day standards. But whenever we saw each other, we remember our kids were in uh, CCD together. We remembered where our parents, mm-hmm. kid, our, the parents of our children, we have to, we have to be adults and show maturity and that, hey, we both entered into this crazy thing. We sent each other Christmas cards afterward. Um, if I still said Christmas cards, he'd still get one. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, um, that I would have, if I had lost or if I had won, my life would look totally different. And I don't enjoy politics right now. I don't like the black and white thinking. I want to mm-hmm. be in a, in an uh, employment where if, if I meet someone and they tell me that I'm wrong about something, I can change my mind. Mm-hmm. In politics, you have to you're, you become a flip flopper if you learn new information. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm happy that I'm in a business where that doesn't matter. So you're kind of like a chameleon, really. You have to just kind of take on whatever color, shape, whatever the platform is at that time. Well, and you have to, you can't wobble. You can't be like, you know what? I was for the death penalty, but then I talked to somebody and now I'm against it. People like flip out mm-hmm. and then you're not my person. Um, and so I don't want to, when I, after I went through that process, I realized I don't really want that. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, it all worked out for the good. And I think when you take that information, like it's information, I'm a bad politician. Now I'm going to go do something that my skill set is better suited for. And so, um, so a question for you is if someone is stuck in fixed mindset, cause it's really hard to change, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a fi- what, what steps can they take to become more of a growth mindset person? So one thing, and I wrote this down when you were talking about it and I heard, I heard Jeremy say it is who are you around? What are, who are you around? What's your support system look like? Mm. Because I heard you say, I got blown away. And I heard Jeremy say, it was like 4%. It was like four <laughs> or 5%. So, so that all or nothing thinking, right? Like that was very like, whoa, like I failed. I lost. This was horrible. I got blown away is what I heard you say. Even today after, you know, so many years after. Yeah. And then I hear like Jeremy's your support. And he's like r- realistic here, like reality check here. It yes. was four or 5%. You did not get blown away. Um, so who are you around? What's your support system look like? That's so important. What are you reading? What are you consuming? Mm, are you on social does. media all the time? Are you, um, are you reading articles that are just very one-sided? Are you trying to expand your knowledge? What type of books are you reading? Uh, what articles are you reading? Epic and- Times. <laughs> Just kidding. Jeez, stop. Times. stop it. Okay, keep going. CNN, Fox, no. Fox News. You know, just like very polarized, right? Like those are very polarized. And I know we're kind of in the political realm, but that's the news with anything, right? But like, are you focusing on negative content or positive content? Absolutely. Or things that are out of your control. If I go ah. read about the Kardashians, like whatever's going on with that whole thing, which whatever. But, um, which by the way, like I saw a meme that said, you know, a picture of their mom or whatever. And I can't, what's her name? Uh, we have whatever her name is, the Kardashians like mom or whatever. It's like the only thing this woman ever did was have five daughters and knew how to market them well. And they're all like millionaires. And like, that's true. She had like, that's the only skill set that she has. Like she had five. Anyway, she used it. that's a whole different, but you know, if I consume that, that news, that has nothing to do with me knowing what any of them are doing or who they went to what with or what, I don't know. That is not impacting my life. So that's a fixed mindset. I'm distracting myself. I'm very fixed in that mindset. If I want to grow through it, then I need to educate myself. I need to be around people who are going to challenge me when I say, God, I just, I failed. Like I'm a terrible person. I'm a horrible person. Oh, you really? And, and not just say like, no, you're not. You know, somebody that's like, how are you a negative? How, you know, how are you a horrible person? Right. Yeah. Like asking that question, how are you terrible? And then I have to say, well, I did this. Okay. So you're talking about this one thing in your life that now defines challenge. who you are. That now defines who you are. And you picked a, a negative one, by the way. Absolutely. Like yeah. the most negative, the most recent negative <laughs> one, right? Because we remember what most recently right. happened to us. Like, Okay, tell me something else that you failed at in your life. Really think through that. Okay, well, this and that and the other. Okay, and you overcame those, right? Yeah, so you're going to overcome this one too. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, the, uh, another way of looking at, at failure is that failure is information. 
Like, and yeah. it's part mm-hmm. of a scientific methodology, mm-hmm. right? That's how the That's when we grow the most. That's when we learn the most. There's no way to do it without it. And if, so if you're afraid of failure, you're way more likely to fail at a big level because you're not allowing yourself to have these little losses mm-hmm. that become the information you use to become to turn into a success experience and you're also Mm -hmm. not um, really pushing yourself because if your growth is always uncomfortable and growth requires pushing against like maybe your comfort yeah the most scary thing you could do you're gonna have to go over the line and into the failure zone if you're gonna do anything interesting yeah and so getting comfortable with with knowing where that line is going over the line sometimes renegotiating what that looks like is what it takes to have an interesting life Mm -hmm. and so you have to get comfortable with if you want to grow if you want there's plenty of people that are you know and change doesn't happen when people are content when you're content Mm -hmm. change and growth don't really happen it's like i don't love this but i'm not gonna really it takes a lot of energy to grow and to change through it so, but if I really want to make a change, I have to challenge myself and I have to do something that scares me. Well, if it scares me, then that means I probably could fail at it. Mm-hmm. And that means it's also worth it. And, and Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we are all concerned because we're human about what other people think. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurship is always a huge risk. But people do respect people for putting themselves out there. People that are worth knowing and worth caring, people of value, mm-hmm. will not... Um, define you by your failures. They'll see you as courageous, as brave, and they'll they'll recognize their own failures in themselves. And so we always have to remember that the people that are the most interesting, they know that experience too. They've walked that path. Mm-hmm. And so we can't judge ourselves by our worst failures and other people by their biggest successes. You know, that there's always kind of an asymmetric viewpoint there. Um, But know that anyone who's done anything significant has a lot of failures in their wake as well. And the people that are judging them, it's really a reflection of themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm not happy with myself if I'm like, oh, ha, 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 Gwen didn't do well. Like, she failed at that election. What? Like, what does that say about who I am? And yeah, then, then you're, you're just more gossipy. Fo- right, but then yeah. you're more focused on that. Like, what did that person think about me? And that person said this about me when there are 500 or 5,000 people that are like, good oh. for you that you put yourself out there. And so that was hard, hard work. And it, It's weird, like, to that point. Um, like, when I did the, the subtle recall campaign, or even when I write now for the local paper, um, the th- going back all those years to when I did the campaign, I remember the negative comment mm-hmm. that I got on social media, which at the time was just kind of coming around. And it, I mean, I, it stuck and I was like, yeah. well, they're, you know, they might be wrong. They might be lying. They might be whatever, but damn, that's the stuff that sticks. Because it attaches to your insecurities. Yeah. It attaches to like well, and any negative self-worth that we might have. And it is frustrating, but it's the same with self-talk. It like, I heard you say one of those things that you learned was, and I wanted to ask you, you know, how did you stop your negative self-talk? That was one of my questions I wanted to ask you to share with the listeners. Mm-hmm. But when we allow ourselves that negative, it takes at least at least five, some research says up to 40 actually, positives to just balance out that negative. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we need so much more. Our brains like love and hold on to that negativity. So 
I guess to ask you that question, how did you prevent yourself from going down that rabbit hole of negative self-talk? So I guess the main thing, I would go down the rabbit hole. So the exercise, especially when you're in the morning process, is knowing you're going to vacillate 200 times in a day from extreme negative talk, talking yourself out, you'll go back to the extreme negative talk. And you have to be committed to thinking that uh, I still have a lot of time left to do other things. And one thing I'm sure of is I'm committed to contributing in this one life I have, and I don't know what that looks like, mm -hmm. but I, I know I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so I would go from, I'm a piece of garbage, like, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm worthless. And then I'd be like, no. I'm not, I will find a way to contribute in this one life. And it would just be on a daily basis when you're in that like morning moment. And then- Cause we're very extreme. Very when, extreme. When we're morning something. Yeah. And we're very extreme, it's all or nothing. And also we have emotional, we have zero emotional reasoning really, which means our emotions take over. Right. And that becomes our reality and our thoughts are all like filtered through that. And so, like, so I, I handle mine a little bit differently. I know you didn't ask the question to me, but I'm going to pretend you care. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll so, ask you okay. too, Jeremy. <laughs> so, I actually, the way no, that, really? Yeah. Go. No, I really do want to know. know. The way that I do this, and I think this is relatively recent in the last several years, that um, what I'll do is like when that negative self-talk, kind of going back to that, when I hear myself talking to myself, and what I actually go through an exercise of, I make it so that whatever I just said to myself, if a third part, I, I, I pretend a third party is saying those exact same words to me. And if I wouldn't be friends with that person, mm -hmm. then I won't, then I'll stop myself from having that, that I will catch it. I'll identify that, okay, that's not the right way to go about this. And I'll kind of, change well, we've kind of talked about this, that it, a lot of that negative self-talk, you're speaking to yourself like an enemy, yeah. like worse mm -hmm. than your worst enemy. You're saying things worse than your worst enemy would say about you. Mm -hmm. is and that, you're letting yourself get away with it, which is bullshit. And, and like, then, you then you're let letting yourself pile on too. Like yeah. this just keeps going and going and then people never stop. They just keep beating themselves which up. Which is You're why like, positive Dude. affirmations, positive self-talk works. Oh it yeah. Works. Positive mantras over and over again. I am like something as simple as I am worthy. And and I would say that I am a big journal writer. I wake up really early, I meditate, I write my journal, I set my intention for the day. And I think the act of doing that day after day after day after day has resulted in me. I mean, we've we're really good friends and I've pretty much never talked about the campaign because I honestly do not think about it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't not talk about it because there's like shame. I have zero shame about it. I'm so glad I lost in hindsight. Obviously at the time I was not glad I lost. So glad I lost because I'm doing something that I'm super passionate about. I feel like I'm contributing in the world and I would never have had this opportunity had I not failed big and publicly. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm full of gratitude for that experience and I can use it with my kids when they fail. I'm like, girl, I have failed publicly. Everyone has seen me fail and look, I'm fine. And so my kids know that they can fail too. So it's had a lot of positive impacts on my mm -hmm. life. Um, and I would just say focusing on what you want instead of what you don't want and what you said, um, having good people around you. Jeremy has always been 
like my biggest supporter and having him in my corner, not letting me go down that negative rabbit hole and having good friends around is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we because don't, you consume. don't even know what rational thoughts are sometimes. Oh, especially because when you're, you're so irrational. It's like, you need some, a, like an anchor, the voice of reason around you to say, this is reality. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know you're way over here and way over here, but this is reality right now. Okay. Let's Calm bring you back. Yeah. Let's bring down. you back to that. <laughs> yeah. and, and another thing I wanted to say, um, gosh, darn it. I think I lost it. Ah! Oh, oh, when you say it doesn't come up for me anymore, it doesn't come up for me anymore. I think it's really important, really important because that means you've processed it and you process yes. through it. Things that keep coming up for us and we keep getting triggered by them. That means that there's something unprocessed there and we need to address that. So I wanted to just say, no, that really I think quick. that that's a hundred percent true. And I have not processed other things very well in my life and had to like go back years later, mm-hmm. but I was very intentional about that specific thing. And so I overcame it way more quickly than other things in my life that have taken a lot longer. So, you know, you never know what the failure is that's going to be triggering. Some are harder than others, but they're all, this is just part of the human experience, I guess, is how um, I'd want, my last parting thought is. Any last parting thoughts about failure? Yeah, just a rehash, rehash. Uh, time to mourn, just to go through these three things again. Give yourself time to mourn. Give yourself some easy wins um, and don't allow the negative self-talk. Like reframe that. And the stoic catch, it, catch it right away. Catch it. Like, okay, uh-uh, not today, Nicole. Mm-mm, not today. Yeah. And not then today. also you said surround yourself with positive people and consume content that doesn't put you in that negative mindset. Mm-hmm. Be very intentional about what you consume in media and the people you surround yourself with. And if you do those things, you'll overcome whatever failure you've had and it, you'll make it so that that's something that really helped you grow as a person. Yeah. And that negative, like, okay, you brought this up earlier in the show, but when people are probably down on themselves and they're reading that uh, kind of c- catastrophizing media mm-hmm. where everything's falling apart and you know our enemies are out to get us, I mean, I suppose that just plays off of each other. Like it becomes its own emergent system spiraling down to ultimately a crash. Like, yeah, well, we look for ways to reinforce the negative thinking. Mm. Absolutely. So you have to stop looking for ways to reinforce your negative thinking. You're going to find it. You're absolutely going to find it everywhere, right? So so it's like, how is this, how is this helping me grow? And we do this in our house too. Is that a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? I mean, my husband said that to me last week. He's like, it sounds like you have a fixed mindset about that. (laughs) And I was like, ah, like you're so right. Um, and I was like, dang you, but it was, it's true. Um, and I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to reframe. I don't like that. You said that to me right now, but I'm going to reframe, 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 but yes, very powerful. Well, Nicole, as always, it's lovely to have you on the show. And um, I, I know you're doing amazing things with Lift Your Future Coaching. So if there are any professionals out there. Um, and your own po- podcast. Yes. yes. I'll put a link. Yeah. Why there. don't you tell us about your own podcast really quick? Oh, it's it's Lift Your Future podcast. And I actually uh, started it after I had been a guest on your guys' podcast a couple of times. I really just enjoyed the experience and you're like those assholes didn't do anything so what kind right. of things are I'm you gonna, <laughs> I'm do this myself no. what kind of topics are you guys are you addressing on your podcast um failure mindset and so yeah failure was actually my first episode talking about one of my my big failure m- most recent failures I've had many but um failure mindsets um how we think 
affects how we feel, how we feel affects how we think and how we behave and just kind of restructuring those things and little tips on various different topics. You know, assumptions is what I'm going to talk about today. Mm. We make assumptions about things and um, we do that all the time. And so how we can prevent ourselves from doing that and the questions we can ask ourselves and to work through And specifically geared towards like business business people business and life so okay. i'm a business and life coach so okay. it'll okay. be there'll be some that are more business focused and more entrepreneurial and then others that are more just like life in general well I and mean, when it comes right down to it at least my thought is that you can't separate business no. and life i agree so much damn thing they are well, so specifically intertwined with our life <laughs> yeah yeah we work I, especially in your business yeah. <laughs> we work next to each other her desk my desk about five feet away yeah well thanks for coming on thank and, you so much for having oh me. my pleasure my pleasure bootstrappers is powered by anaquim if you are looking for a professional that can help you really elevate your business go to anaquim.net um, today set up an exploratory meeting we're giving 50 percent off of your placement fee if you mention the bootstrapper show on your first placement so that's a wrap we'll see you next time on bootstrappers this is the Bootstrapper Show for Property Management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business.